Welcome to the Voices of Veritas podcast. I'm Candace Pritz, Community Relations with Veritas Christian Academy, and I'm here today with Veritas Headmaster, Dr. Woods. Today, we will have the chance to hear from Dr. Woods about his book that was published this summer. Let's tune in to hear more. So this past summer, Classical Academic Press published your book, Mortimer Adler, The Paideia Way of Classical Education. How did that come about? Uh, it was about three years ago. I was at a headmaster's conference in Dallas, Texas, and it was part of my professional development for that year. I was sitting next to Dr. David Diner, who is the series editor, and we were talking about different projects, what we were reading, what we were working on writing, and he mentioned a series called Giants in the History of Education. And I told him, I said, well, I had I'd actually read the first two or three volumes that had come out in the series. They, had, they did one on Plato, there's one on Augustine, there's one on C.S. Lewis, and so there's a a number of them now and so as we continued our conversation he asked me he said is there a giant in the history of education that you're familiar with somebody that you've been influenced by and I said actually Mortimer Adler is one of those people Um, I started reading Mortimer Adler about 20 years ago and used his insights to start uh, to found a honors college a great books honors college and I said, and since then, I have been teaching a Ph.D. level course on the life and writings of Mortimer Adler and the Paideia approach and the great books. And he said, would you like to write the volume on Mortimer Adler? And I mm-hmm. said, I would be happy to write that book. So then I, I started writing at the time, took some, uh, some of the notes, lectures that I had used over the years, some articles I had written started pulling them together and then uh, that's and we went from there and I uh, submitted the material about probably it was about a year after I had met with Dr. Diner at that conference and then it went from there the editing process the review process and then they published it this past summer that's exciting. Um, in the history of classical education where is Mortimer Adler? To me that's one of the things that kind of has drawn me to Mortimer Adler because he is one of those people that many people may have heard about some of his writings or some of the things that he was a part of. For example, the Great Books series. Mm -hmm. He was a part of that endeavor. But a lot of people don't know much about Mortimer Adler. Well, he wrote more than 50 books, uh, hundreds of essays, possibly even thousands of essays, and he's quite significant in the history of classical education in America. So if you take our roots at Veritas, so our roots go back 21 years to a movement that was started by the important figure, Doug Wilson. And so the Association of Classical Christian Schools, Doug Wilson, so in the 1980s, this was happening. If, if you do a little bit more digging, you find out that, uh, I'll give you an example. There's a quote from the book Classical Education, The Movement Sweeping America, where the authors of that book say that Robert Maynard Hutchins and Mortimer J. Adler are the two figures most responsible for the rebirth of classical education in 20th century wow. America. Yes, and some have even called Mortimer Adler 
the father of classical modern education because of his influence with both the great books and the Paideia approach. And so if, if I'm placing Mortimer Adler within the history of classical education, the truth is at Veritas, he is an often, well now more so, but an unrecognized figure that we really should be greatly indebted to and very thankful for the things that he did in his life. What are some key items we need to know about Adler's Paideia approach? Of all of the things that to me are attractive about Adler's emphasis of the great books and the great ideas is what also has come to be called the great conversation. Mortimer Adler believed that the average person, uh, apart from mental, and he said mental uh, challenges and mental difficulties, that the average person can interact with the great books and the great ideas and grow and learn. And so part of what Adler did with another group of people, it's called the Paideia group. It's really two groups uh, that kind of morphed into one another as, as the years went on. But the Paideia group developed what they called the three columns. What's really fascinating, Candace, is you, if you take these three columns and you look at the trivium, so you look at the grammar, logic, and rhetoric, those three stages or schools or points of emphasis that distinguish classical Christian education from all other types of education in the United States. If you look at the trivium, and you look at what, they, what, what it's mm -hmm. supposed to do and what we try to do at those stages and those levels, and then you look at Adler's three columns, the Paideia Group's three columns, guess what we discover? They go hand in glove. Mm. So for example, the three columns, one of the points of emphasis in column one is the idea of the acquisition of knowledge, that we want our children and we all of our students at all of our ages acquiring information. And one of the main ways we do this is through didactic instruction or what we call lecturing or teaching by telling. We give lectures, we have textbooks that we use and other aids. And this stresses, this column stresses the subject matter. Mm -hmm. it, it puts a stress on what we want our children to know. And, and this is one area among many that put classical Christian education in a different category also because the stress we place on what we want the children to know, what we want our students to learn. Well then the other column, uh, the second column is the column that's sometimes just called the, the development of intellectual skills or habits. And this is done through good old fashioned coaching. Hmm. It's where the teachers, by means of mentoring and coaching, repeated guided instruction through exercises, helps the students to grow in how they know what they know. So the first column is on the stresses on what they know. The second is on how they come to know it well, and they develop these skills of learning. And then the third column, which is really the most unique and the most engaging for our students, increasingly here at Veritas, and that is the Socratic questioning. Sometimes we call it seminar. It, it's called different things, uh, mayutic learning. All of this, the stress is on helping the students uh, 
engage the great ideas and the great truths, whether it be in science or history, literature, philosophy, even within Christianity. And where now the stress is placed on uh, getting the students to understand why something is a certain way. So when we talk about in classical Christian education, it's not just about what students are learning and how they learn, it's also the meaning of what they're learning. And so they're able to answer the questions of why. What does that mean? What is that about? And so I would say uh, when I think about the the Paideia approach, it's the three columns and then the implementation of those three columns all the way from kindergarten up through the 12th grade in varying ways. And, and that is what I, I would kind of push as the key a key item with Adler's Paideia approach. Has Adler's approach had any influence on Veritas? If you go back and you look at our first handbook and you look at the hmm. curriculum early in Veritas, you will see uh, intentionally, unintentionally, I'm not sure, but you will see Adler's fingerprints all over it. The uh, stress on the trivium is very much Adler. It's very much Adler's notion. The, uh, or, the, or the restress or the rebirth of the trivium through the three columns, the stress on the great books and the great ideas. It, it, it's not uncommon if you were to think about other, say, high schools or compared to our rhetoric school. In many high schools, students simply hear about the Scarlet Letter or they hear about Paradise Lost or Dante's Divine Comedy. In a classical Christian school that's been influenced directly or indirectly by Adler, the students are reading parts or all of these great books and they're discussing them that way. And so we're not getting what one author called a footnote education, where everything, the great books and the great ideas are just footnotes in textbooks. Our students are actually reading these great authors and they're interacting with these great minds. And it's been that way from the very beginning of, of Veritas's uh, roots. And sometimes we hear them share them at declamation, too. Yes, that's correct. There you go. That's a, another way in which the, uh, it's the rhetorical skills, the logical and rhetorical skills that we're looking for our young people uh, to have developed over the time that they're here. Mm-hmm. Are there other ways in the future that we will see a Paideia influence at Veritas? Yes. I, I, first, I would like to say, because a couple people have read the book since it's been out and have asked me, you know, do you ever see Veritas being a Paideia school? And the answer is no. To be a, a full-blown Paideia school would um, possibly move us away from some of the things that make us a classical Christian school. And I wouldn't want to, to do that at all. The influence, though, I think we're going to see for example, a number of our logic and rhetoric teachers have received training in leading a Paideia seminar. And so we're going to see that approach or that stress, it's going to become more common. Mm -hmm. It's not going to be in every class and it's not going to be on every grade level, but more and more of our students will experience seminars all the way through the, from the grammar school and the logic school and even the rhetoric school. And I think that that is going to be one of those differences that we'll look back later and say it was a good thing that we, we started using and implementing more Paideia seminars 
or this particular approach in our in our learning method here. If there was one book by Adler you would most recommend, which one would it be? Well, believe it or not, the some people would say, well, you might want to start with the first little volume called the Paideia Proposal, and that was the book. It's a thin little volume. I don't even think it's 100 pages, and it it articulates the the ground ideas of the whole Paideia approach and what they were trying to do in the public school and it did not take root. You actually will see Adler's influence now more in classical schools, classical Christian schools, charter schools, and homeschool groups. That's where Adler's influence is most pervasive. There are a few public schools in the United States that are are more paideia. So some might want to start with that little book, The Paideia Proposal, and it gives you a, a kind of overview of what their philosophy was. But I would recommend a book entitled Reforming Education, The Opening of the American Mind. And it's a collection of essays from the 1940s, I think all the way through to the 19, mid-1980s. And so this collection of essays, you can move around and, and look at why Adler stresses a liberal arts education for K-12 schools, or why Adler believed that we needed to be careful to protect K-12 education from careerism, you know, trying to get children in the kindergarten start thinking about what they're going to to be, and not just asking a child, "What do you want to be when you grow up?" Which is a good question. Mm-hmm. But Adler was trying to avoid what we now see in some schools, where children are actually being tested in in grammar school for what job might be most fitting or best fitting for them, which is ridiculous, right. of course, uh, on several levels. But Adler, in the Reforming Education, there are also some neat essays, a couple, one one of my favorite ones, where he talks about the invitation to the pain of learning. And Adler says what we all know, that sometimes learning can be difficult. But just like physical exercise is good for us, and just Mm -hmm. like anything else that we do that is a challenge to obtain, Adler says, so is learning, so is education. Uh, I think that it's a great book, too, because there are are a number of essays where Adler places the stress not on the teacher, but on the uh, student learning the great ideas. And he also has two essays in there, two of my favorite essays I've ever uh, ever read by Mortimer Adler. Both deal with the important quality of docility for learning. And all he meant by that is what we would say humility. Hmm. If a student is humble, he or she is going to be able to learn. Mm -hmm. If a teacher is humble, he or she is going to be able to learn and also teach. It's the the arrogant. Uh, It's those who think they already know everything or have learned everything. So docility is a key virtue for learning. And it's filled with a lot of other really good essays that run the range of everything from classroom management and teaching to students and the best kind of education. Wonderful. Thank you for those recommendations. Veritas, thanks for tuning in today. If you have anything you'd like to hear discussed for future podcasts, please feel free to send that to cpritz, that's C-P-R-I-T-Z, at veritasnc.org. We hope you have a great day. Oh, and don't forget... 
We'll include a link to Dr. Wood's book in case you wanted to get a copy on Amazon. So be sure to look out for that in the newsletter and also on social media. Thanks so much.